This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. And as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one, from big leaguers to little leaguers. So make sure you're checking out The Rope Trainer today. That's theropetrainer.com, home of my good friends Earl Perrin, uh, the, the wonderful human being that's taken it upon himself to try to help with this arm epidemic out there. Uh, his partner in crime, Chris Verna, who is the trainer to the stars, literally, um, trained some of the best athletes in the world and kept them healthy and on the field so that they can do what it is they do. And, of course, everybody knows who John Smoltz is. And, again, I've said it once, I'll say it again. If he's going to take a minute out of his Hall of Fame speech to address an issue, I think we should all stand up and take notice. Once again, that's theropetrainer.com. Well, guys, um, excited about the show today. I've, uh, I've been doing this now, um, you know, for, you know, going on four years. I've had the opportunity to interview every, every you know, from big leaguers to – guys just starting out on their dreams some of the most influential trainers and and instructors in the country i've i'm blessed to be a part of uh, some some of the better programs here located in the st louis area but make no mistake about it um you know you go to really anywhere you can find you know if you if you do your homework you you should be able to find people that really are passionate about what they do and care about what they do that being said there are people out there who are you know extraordinary at what they do um you know when when you find yourself at coaches clinics or you find yourself uh doing webinars online or going to conventions or seeing things it's limitless the amount of information that you can find if you want to seek it um you know we're blessed with the age of google um if you know there is no excuse basically is what i'm saying is that if you want to take this thing serious and you want to get better at it or really to be quite honest with you for the for the large majority it should really be about nothing more than getting educated because the majority of us will never coach at a high level. Um, our coaching expertise will be limited probably to our own kids to some degree. But as I always say, yes, you may be coaching your son, but you're probably coaching other kids as well. You, that is a responsibility whether you want to admit it or not. Yes, I'm on board with the whole, hey, somebody is donating their time. But if you're going to do it, take some time and actually do it right. Um, you never know. I always say whose life you may impact. Um, you can't just go willy-nilly at this thing and say, well, I'm donating my time. Well, okay. but And this sounds awful, but there are times where some people that just want to donate their time should not donate their time. And I think we sometimes just take that a little too, little, little too lightly. Uh, I say it all the time. Back when I played, when I was a kid, I played 15 games. We probably had about five practices. Um, you know, if some guy really didn't know what he was talking about, what did it really matter? These days, kids are practicing all the time, hopefully, and they're playing a ton of games. They're working out in January and February and March and sometimes in October. These coaches, quote-unquote, they, they have their, their, their claws on these kids all the time. So it makes it ten times worse if you're doing this thing and you're doing things. And I don't even mean to use the word wrong but what I mean is if you're not doing it right, okay, there's a right way and a wrong way to do this thing, folks, and you've got to take it serious. Um, one of the gentlemen that um, 
that from the beginning really has been a part of my show. He was one of the first really good interviews and what I would call big interviews because he had such a large following that really helped grow my show. Uh, was a guy that I had followed before I ever did the show. Um, uh, my cousin, who's a currently now is the AAA hitting coach for the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, had met this guy when he was with the Chicago White Sox years and years ago when he was a player, and he had turned me on to him. And um, you know, thankfully there were some some short YouTube things out there so that I could figure it out. And then come to find out that other people that I was involved with in baseball were big fans of his. And the next thing you know, I was really. Uh, inundated with a lot of information from this guy and I realized how good he is at what it is he does and you know from time to time we like to check in with him and he's got a lot of big things going on plus um, as we head into the quote-unquote offseason for a lot of people it's time now to really start taking your training seriously and he's got one of the best training tools in the country in my opinion so uh, let's welcome in the one the only Justin Stone from Elite Baseball out of Chicago what's going on Justin hey Jim Glad to be on the show again. I hope people aren't getting tired of hearing my voice on your show as I, I'm on here periodically. But, um, you know, it's one of the best assets for any youth, any, just anybody that's interested in youth baseball. I mean, the guests that you have on, I wish I had as a resource when I was beginning my coaching career. It's, uh, it's an asset second to none. Well, you know, the game, let's fa- I mean, you know, I'm 48, to, you know, just to throw my age out there. It, you know, I, I think about playing Little League to what it is now, and there is still Little League, thank goodness. But the reality of it is, you know, everything has been ramped up, and that's just a fact. And it's not, this isn't just a baseball thing. Everything's ramped up. Every sport is ramped up. Um, you know, you have some great people like yourself out there that are proponents of the proper way to do this thing. And it doesn't always revolve around quitting everything else and playing one sport. There's a, there's a variety of ways to skin this cat. But, um, but some of your stuff that, you're, that, that you've been doing over the years, and now you're really, I mean, we're going to get into everything you're doing here today because I think it's amazing. But, um, you know, your journey, I think, is an example of the growth and where it's going. I mean, you know, I, I think about, you and some of the stories you've told about where you've started and where you are today, could you ever have seen it going this? I mean, did you really see it going this way early on? No. You know, as a young kid growing up in literally a, a farm town in southern Illinois, uh, I grew up a big Cardinals fan. Um, you know, I had a once-a-summer pilgrimage to Bush Stadium, and that was like baseball wasn't on TV very much. It was pre-ESPN. And national contracts. You had the NBC game of the week, and then I had once a summer to go watch my favorite player, Ozzie Smith. And my mom brought me up on the game and taught me how to watch it with a critical eye. Instead of watching and following the ball, she said, follow Ozzie. Watch everything he does, because this is your opportunity to learn from the best of the game, and you're going to have to take that with you. And that was your instruction for the year. And to think now, you know, when you're kind of isolated in farm country, Bush Stadium and Wrigley Field, even though they're kind of in the same state, um, it was a million miles away. Those were baseball card pictures. That's that's never something I'm going to be. And to think that I've spent a, a large portion of my career, you know, some time with the White Sox and getting to see the inside of that organization and now with the Cubs, um, you kind of step out of yourself once in a while and look and, like, this is my job. This is what I do for a living. And luckily, I have a six-year-old daughter that's enthralled with baseball and reminds me that, hey, you know, this is pretty cool, too. But it's, it's been a journey that I've enjoyed and make no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's something that I learned from a young age. You're going to get exactly what you earn at this game. Nobody's going to give anything to you. And I didn't play one day of pro ball. So to think that organizations respect my opinion enough, it's not by accident. It's by a lot of hard work and 
willing to sacrifice a, a lot of my life and younger years to the game. You know, um, I think about, you know, a kid somewhere playing the game of baseball, loving the game of baseball in, in whatever sh- way, shape, or form it is. And a kid just wants to play, right? Um, sometimes it's a parent or a coach that realizes that a kid has a gift, uh, maybe at a young age. And let's face it, that gift purely is, and, and what we know now is typically at a young age, that gift is just being more athletic than other kids at his age or maybe being more mature. But the reality of it is is that there's nothing wrong with taking passion and a gift or, or you know, let's face it, you know, it's sometimes it's luck. I mean, some kids are bigger than others. Some kids, you know, mature faster than others. Everybody does it on their own time. But the reality is there's nothing wrong with, like, you know, taking that fire and letting it breathe. I mean, certain kids want to do things differently. I've always said that there's a different place for everybody to go for what they want to do. Um, the thing that impressed me most about meeting you and, and, and seeing what you do and how you go about doing it was the fact that I think you approached it, and, and again, you describing yourself there, I think you took that mentality that you had when you were a kid, the love, the passion, and and again, I'm, I might be speaking for you here, but with what you do, yes, you do train a an elite player. Yes, you, and I'm, we're going to find out now, you know, you're working with some of the, the best players in the world, but the reality of it is you can take what Justin Stone and elite baseball are doing, and you can really break it down to really any level of player was that important for you when you started putting together things like elitebaseball.tv and started growing your program now i think the most important thing and it doesn't matter if it's a, a six-year-old i coached t-ball this year <laughs> i mean i came home from spring training and the next weekend i was coaching the t-ball team and in, the, in fact an opposing coach or excuse me opposing fan in the stands was one of the cubs front office personnel that i'd just given a presentation to about some of the biomechanical research I've done, and it's like, you know, ironic to see you out of spring training in, in a different setting like this. But whether it's a six-year-old or that professional player, I think passion and enthusiasm that I spread because I love what I do and always have, you know, like, like the cliche says, I've never worked a day in my life because I get to play a game for a living, right? And I still play because I'm involved in throwing and hitting every day. But I want kids and players of any age to be more excited about themselves and more passionate about the game because of their interaction with me. And I think that's the ultimate goal. Now, how do I do that? Well, hopefully it's because I'm giving them some information that they're getting excited about. We're doing some hands-on training one-on-one with a guy, and they see themselves getting better. And that's an exciting moment because this game is hard, man, and it beats you down. And how often in a teaching setting are people coming to me because they are being beat down? They're like, man, I'm searching for answers. I need to get out there and, and get with somebody that can help me. And or I'm hurting for my kid. My child is upset and, and, and sometimes depressed because of their performance on the field because the game means so much to them. If I can step in and be that bright piece of sunshine for that player because I can give them something that they can turn to and like, this is going to help me. That's what it's all about. Can I extend the career of some guy that's, uh, um, you know, searching their way through the minor leagues? Or in one case, you know, the guy went from double A to the big leagues and feeling like you had some piece of that, that's life-changing. To be on a big league roster when you've been buried in, in, in the minor leagues for a while, that's, uh, that's something when that thank you comes. Now, they did it, right? But to think you had some helping hand or they feel like that they're indebted for you for at least a thank you, that's what it's all about. You know, um, I look back at like everything that I've come to know from you. 
one of the things about you personally, and, and again, I you know it's almost like a roast, but a positive roast of, of Justin Stone. But you know, the thing is, I, I say on this show all the time that as a coach or as a a guy that works with kids or does whatever, um, sometimes you get you might get them for thirty minutes, or you might get them for five minutes, or an hour, or whatever it is. But but I don't think we should take so lightly the impact of what that meeting might mean to somebody. Um, you know, the interaction, whether it be, you know, something you said, something you did, um, just ba- maybe taking a moment of your time and giving it to somebody else. Uh, one of the things I've always said about you on the show is that, you know, you are, you know, we're very fortunate that in the position that you're in, you're not isolated to, and, you know, Chicago's a big city, and that's where you're, where you're currently located. But the reality of it is Justin Stone finds himself all over this country and all over this world sometimes. Uh, doing a clinic or speaking and I've said to people that um, as much as they hear you on this show and as much as they might you know and again we have a lot of people that listen to this show that are subscribed to elitebaseball.tv and and you know they they rave about it but the truth of the matter is uh, when they get the opportunity to meet you in public and when I say meet you that that may be you know broken down to attending a clinic where you're speaking um, one of the best things about you is is you you kind of you know, you talk the talk, but you walk the walk, so to speak. Um, you really influence people when you get on stage. Um, it's your it's your personality, it's your passion, it's your love, it's your it's everything. Is that natural to you, or is that something that I mean? Is it a combination of natural, just who you are? Is it an understanding that this may be the only time in your life to affect the people that are sitting in them chairs? I mean, it's a big part of who you are and what you do and why you're successful. How, how is that for you? Well, I think it's, uh, it's a humbling thing, to be honest. Like, when I go speak at a clinic, to think that 100 to 5,000 people, like when you speak at the ABCA, there's 5,000 people in the crowd, are willing to give you an hour of their time because they think you're going to give them something that they can use, that's a humbling thing. That's you know, I, I have to respect them for their time, not the other way around. So I want, I'm going to give them everything I've got, right? I want to, I want to make it worth their while. And it, it doesn't matter if it is 5,000 people or, you know, a, a week and a half ago, I was walking through a 7-Eleven in Chicago and it's in, near my neighborhood, near, near Wrigley Field. And like a nine-year-old kid comes up to me that I didn't know and says, Justin, what is it like working for the Cubs? And I held up the line and gave this kid about a five-minute answer, and everybody behind me was probably upset. But I think back to myself when I was nine, year old, nine years old and being able to have that interaction to somebody that has a relationship with the players that you adore. And that's that positive interaction that you're just talking about that, you know, that make, make that kid a, just a, a bigger – he's obviously a Cubs fan – I made that kid feel like he was part of the Cubs for five minutes. And that's, and I always step back to myself as a child and think I didn't have those opportunities and how cool would it have been had I had it. And that's, that's the, something I think in my coaching uh, everyday life, I always revert back to. Well, um, you kind of just mentioned and where we were going is, and, and that's why I kind of said, I mean, you think about where you started and, and where you've come. And the reality of it is you haven't, uh, you're you're a guy that hasn't really rode the train. You kind of got up in the engine and drove the train a little bit. You have been a part of some of this cutting-edge stuff that you are now doing and have parlayed into another just piece of your career. Um, you have been at the forefront of some of the most amazing um, – man, I hate to even try to find a word for what it is. I, pe- I tell people all the time I don't even have a word 
for what you're doing out there, but you basically have always kept an open mind and were willing to sit down and listen to anybody that came to you and said, we might have a way, and you stop me anytime I'm wrong if I'm describing this wrong, but you, but just being around you, and I'm, I've, I've had the just wonderful opportunity to sit down at some, I mean, you've always invited me at the conventions to attend some of these dinners or lunches that you go to, and you wind up sitting down with some of the most amazingly smart people in the world, not just local. I'm talking about people that have come to you and said, I think we may have a way to use this to tell us what the body's doing and how it relates to the swing or pitching or throwing or whatever it is. And you've always sat down and listened to these people try to explain how they can utilize what they have and you can utilize it to do what you do. So you've been at the forefront of it. You haven't really rode the coattails, so to speak. You've kind of parlayed that now into, uh, and you kind of let the cat out of the bag, but you've really taken this thing full circle now, and now you're working at the professional level on a more, I mean, you've always worked with professionals, but um, that's what I've always loved about you is I've, I've been in Chicago. One day a professional guy's in your cage, and the next day there's a six-year-old in there, and you're just telling them to swing the heck out of it. I love it. And um, mm-hmm. But the reality of it is, is again, not riding the coattails. You've been at the forefront of it, and now you're working on a more consistent basis with the best players in the game to really, and, and again, I, I hope I'm saying this right, really to find out how they do it and how they can do it better. Um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you're doing now? And, and, and again, it is with the Chicago Cubs. And I, and I know from you and I kind of chatting online, you can't really talk about everything you're doing, but you know, if you want to just give us a brief, like this is kind of my role. Yeah, and I, I have to be careful about some of the things I say because it's the, the good thing about my relationship with the Cubs is I've had a relationship for a while, um, but most of the stuff I, I'm doing has been in top secret. And the Cubs are – I think Theo Epstein obviously is known as a very progressive person and what I love about the organization, the culture of it, they do not care what your background is in the game. Theo has created a culture. He wants to hire the best people in the world at what they do. And when you do that and everybody then is, is trying to make each other better versus looking over their shoulder, who is trying to take their job. You have a very cohesive unit that uh, is only concerned about winning games and helping people. So, first of all, I'm thrilled to be a, be a piece of that. Um, my role is I'm a, the biomechanics consultant for the hitters. And the neat part about that is, is I work with the entire organization, from rookie ball to the major league club. And I don't really work with the players. I think that's the confusing thing that I, that I do, um, or what, what people's perception may be. I work with the coaches. So, it's educating being a another eye for um, the hitting coaches that are working with these players on an everyday basis. So that information that I pass on to the coaches that we, we collaborate on needs to come from a trusted source. They, they look at me like, you know, I'm a, I'm a body guy or I'm a computer guy. So like I should not be the one that's transferring information. Now, sometimes they ask, and usually what I say is I look at the hitting coach first. Does he want me to speak? Or I tell them I'm writing a report your hitting coach will give you this information. So I think it's, you know, when the hitting coaches look at it as me, I'm, I'm there to help them and not a threat. Um, there again, you have a, a better working relationship. But I work with Annie Haynes, who is the assistant major league coach. Um, Annie is kind of a, a lot of times a mechanical eye for what Chili Davis does, who has been brought in to really revamp the approach of what the Chicago Cubs philosophy and it comes from Joe Madden and works its way down of how to attack each and every at bat. And the Cubs have 
really turned around this year and, and making a positive impact on what they're doing with two strikes, what they're doing with runners in scoring position, and that, that's definitely something that comes from Chili Davis. And Andy's been with a lot of these guys. The Cubs a young organization. He worked his way up through the minor leagues and has a relationship with all these players. And so he's been in the cage with them working mechanics. But when you're competing every day at the big league level, it's about preparing for that day's pitcher. What's he going to attack you with? How am I going to approach this at bat? What these what are these relievers bringing to the table in terms of stuff? So when the, the hitting coaches themselves, they know mechanics, but it's not what they're doing every day like me. Like I, I live in mechanics. So if they can outsource that and just like send me some video and say, hey, what do you think? It's not that I am dictating that. I'm not in charge of the mechanical swing. I'm just there as another helpful eye of somebody that knows the body really well and says, hey, take a look at this or think about that. And it's just a resource that they trust. And then I work with Jacob Cruz, who's the minor league hitting coordinator, to have the same role throughout the entire minor league system. So it's neat thing for the fact that I get you – know, mostly it's video work during the season – and then in fall league, uh, fall instructional league and spring training, then I'm doing hands-on biomechanical testing. Um, and I can kind of get into what I feel like I've learned this year um, from the biomechanical sense that relates to youth players and uh, with the technology that we're using, which I think is really, really cool. You know, um, part of the – you know the the mystique of 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 you of Justin Stone and elite baseball is you know again I, I think some of it is being at the forefront of of all of this stuff. Um, but the reality of it is, and again, what you're doing, you know, it it it, it you know I guess how do I say this? From being around you and watching you work with everybody from my own kids to you know, like I said, I've seen you work with you know professional players, six year old kids. Um, the most important thing I think is the way that you go about what it is you do. Um, you know, it's different than just saying, well, this is what it is and here you go. A lot of this is in the presentation, I would have to imagine. And I don't think that, and again, I, that's why I think you're one of the best at what you do. I mean, the presentation to a six-year-old and the presentation to a, a 20-year-old who's trying to get better um, because of all the, you know, let's face it, I mean, the voices are different. The terminology sometimes gets different. You know, how do we fix that from a, like, taking everything you know now, how do we fix that, whether it be in the on the field with a 10U team, whether it be in a high school dugout, a college dugout? Because, you know, I've, you know, one of your most, in my opinion, and again, this is a humble opinion, I think one of your greatest, uh, uh, I, I could call it video, but it's like a, a series, is your five most common misteaches. Um, I talk about them all the time. I tell people all the time. It's one of the first things I talk about when I tell people about you is that, you know, you can almost learn from what you screwed up, to be quite honest. And, yeah. and you know, for you, I think about what you're doing, and I think about all the stuff you're adding, and I think about the kid that's just trying to make it and how that affects him because, you know, I again, I, I said earlier, I've been fortunate to sit in these meetings with you and – you know, and I'm like a fly on the wall in there. I obviously don't say nothing because I don't know anything. Um, but the reality of it is, man, I sit there and I think, man, I don't even understand what they're saying. So how do you turn what you're doing into the proper communication to help people? Because you've done an unbelievable job with the kids. I've seen it firsthand. I, again, I say it all the time. My number one thing for the people that say, well, okay, well, here's my problem is I'm not a great baseball guy and I'm worried that I'm not going to understand. I'm like, no. 
it's kind of like simplified down so that you can talk to a kid about what Justin's saying. Now I think about all this, you know, and again, I think technology scares some of us. So how do you do that? How do you get the communication from there to where it needs to go? Well, that's a feel for your audience. Uh, Information is, is just that. It's information if it can't be construed in a way that it's helpful for people. So you have to relate that information to a a young athlete. I mean, even even some pro guys. I teach completely differently. Some of them have what I call a really good kinesthetic feel, so I can talk about their body. And this is something that I think is interesting, probably to your listeners too. Like when I'm working with a pro player, like I have my hands all over them. I'm like, can you feel this? Let me manipulate your body. Let me move it this way. The same way I do with an eight or nine year old. It doesn't change. You got to have feel for what your body is doing if you're going to make some mechanical change. I have a, had another guy that's a double A player right now. is having a lot of success. It worked with me all off season. I think he'll be a probably a big league call up this particular year. So we're talking about a big leaguer here. And his first couple lessons with me this off season is we're getting into went into a lot of his analytics, went into his video and what we were going to work on the off season plan. And I didn't let him hit a ball. I, I was moving his body. I had him feel what I was trying to do to his body, and I said, until you can do this on your own without hitting a ball, I'm not letting you hit a ball. So go work on it. Work on the feel. Some people have that feel. Some people um, just don't. You have to teach them by result. I want you to to do this with the ball. I want this to be the end of the result. I want you to hit the ball. Figure out a way to hit the ball in the air to the pull side for me right here instead of topping it. So some people have the kinesthetic feel. Some people you have to – tell them a desired result and get them to do it and figure it out on their own with a young kid or a parent has very little baseball background. It's, it's really, that's just people skills. And the more you're around people and in this business, you come into all different types of personalities. Personality matters big time in the batter's box. If you have the guy that's always, you know, I'm a hundred percent all the time. I'm getting my uniform dirty when I don't do well. I want to try harder. I want to work harder. That personality is going to show up on the batter's box. Those kids get frustrated easily. You have to turn the volume down versus turning it up. And then you have introverts. Like, how are you going to get this information to an introvert that, you know, maybe shy or just doesn't have great people skills yet, doesn't want to speak up for themselves? If they can't articulate what they're feeling to me, I can't really help them. Again, I'm just giving them information. So you have to build a relationship with your student so learning becomes a two-way street. It's not just me talk, talking and dictating. I have to develop a relationship with that player and get them to be open to me and constantly talking about what they're feeling. That's probing, and it's asking a ton of questions. So when I start off with a new client, I don't start off with, hey, put a ball on the tee, let me take a look at your swing. I start with having a conversation. What sports do you play? What's your favorite subject in school? That matters a lot. The math people say math is my favorite subject versus English is my favorite subject, completely different types of learners. So those are things you learn just over time. Uh, I'm I'm lucky to have a a great head instructor, Travis Kerber, that uh, we've worked together for about 15 years that is just off the charts with with people skills that way, and we bounce ideas off each other and what works, and um, that I think has helped us both to really understand what the client needs or what the player needs when they come into you. Yeah, it's, I've been in there when you and Travis have gotten into conversations before, and it's you know, and it's funny. I tell people all the time that surprisingly, you when listening to you guys talk back and forth about something, I try to realize: Am I in a 
am I in a doctor's office or am I in a in a hitting cage? Because but that's the way we talk to each other, but right. we don't talk to our. You right. can't talk to other people. Like right. that. You're completely turn them off. Then there's people in this industry that they they know a ton, and I think sometimes there's a fine line in trying to impress people on how much you know. If there's people with aspirations of higher level coaching out there, it's a great piece of advice that I learned from a long time ago. They're going to ask you more often what you think when you don't try to impress them how much you know. And that's really important. So I think when I get into a situation where, yeah, could I impress people by throwing out a lot of big words and, and telling them how much I know and what my education background is, you're just going to turn people off because you're going to threaten them. And they're, they're going to think you're trying to overtake them or dictate uh, the room or the atmosphere or, or the setting you're at. So when I was with the White Sox and Greg Walker was the hitting coach, Ozzie Gian was the manager, and he, he was nice enough to – want me to come in and do some uh, archaic video work is really what it was back then with some high-speed cameras. I listened, I watched people prepare, and I spoke when they asked me a question. But when they asked me a question, I gave a very confident answer and was very assertive in, in my presentation. I said, and then, you know, down the road, they ask you another question and they value your opinion more and more. And I did the exact same thing with the Cubs. It was, I'm not going to go in and try to show them how much I know. I'm going to give a very confident, assertive answer when they ask me my opinion. And by doing so, they're going to ask my opinion more often. And then eventually is, we value your opinion. Why don't you do this for us on more of a full-time basis? So I think that's something that um, people in my position are trying to move their way up in, in the game of baseball. That's That's something that just turns people off that, Either you can't present high-level information into a, a presentation or presented way that people are going to take it, understand, and can actually use it, or you just want to impress people that you're smarter than they are. And that's neither one of those things are ever going to advance you in your career. Yeah, and, and, and that's where I was going with that was is I, I think, you know, and again, I, I you know, sometimes I don't realize that what I'm saying – you know, I've been fortunate to be around you guys in those settings. It, it isn't in when, like, there's a clinic or there's a bunch of lessons. It's been when I'm listening to you guys talk, when we're having conversations and I'm asking you questions. You know, the truth of the matter is what it does teach us, though, is is that this thing has really come around to where I think is a, and I and again, I call myself a novice amateur coach because that is truly what I am, regardless of whether I was any good at it or not. But the reality of it is, is you know, things we know a whole, just like everything in life, we know a whole lot more today than we did, you know, than I did 25 years ago. And to not realize that it's it's not as simple as just, hey, get in there and do this, that, that you know, it's the way the body wa- works and it's, it's how your body wants to work and why do we do things to stop it from, you know, that to me has been the, one of the most enlightening things of getting to know you and, and a part really of EliteBaseball.TV. Um, you know, before I get, let you go, um, that is one of the most interesting things to my listeners. Um, I, I know they're intrigued by it. I know that it's an uh, it's an evolving thing for you all the time. That I think you're reaching more and more people through it. Um, at the end of the day, what is it? What is EliteBaseball.tv to you? Where you know, how can people utilize it to their to maximize it? And then where is it going? Well, I want to give you an answer that, that will kind of segue into that, and I think it will be useful for your listeners on how I can help them and what I've learned in the last year. From the biomechanical research we've done, and we have new pieces of technology that are coming out all the time, and I get my hands on them first, which is pretty cool, that 
I've learned this past year, and I wish I'd have known it 10 years ago, that the function of swinging a bat, when somebody comes in and says, fix my swing, it has a lot less to do with what they were taught mechanically, somebody you know, not teaching them correctly, than it does, this is the way your body is prepared to swing the bat. This is the way your body functions because of strength limitations, um, unilateral muscle biases, meaning a lot of baseball players, especially if they're one-sport athletes, are very dominant on one side of the body, not as dominant on the other side of the body. And that's going to affect the way your mechanics work both as a hitter and as a pitcher. So my advice to coaches and young people, young parents out there, when kids come in and can do this at a really young age, meaning having high-level mechanics, I always ask them what sports you play. And the, the overwhelming answer for kids that pick this up the quickest, they have a gymnastics background and they have a wrestling background or, or a combination of both, swimmers as well because they're functionally strong enough to do the very complex, high-level mechanics I'm asking them to do. If you're not strong enough to do that, or you have, with older athletes, I'm talking pros now, if they have mobility restrictions, previous injuries, with the technology I use, I can tell if a 21-year-old player turned his ankle went really bad when he was 13. I mean, that's, that's how detailed it gets. I can see that, and you'd be surprised that that, high ankle sprain at 13, how that still affects the way they swing the bat when they're 21. So now I can take these guys and put them in the correct silo. Is this something that, um, you know, with a pro player, the coach maybe say he's buried in a ball. They say he's not coachable. And this isn't a a concrete example. I'm just throwing out a hypothetical. You know, he's buried in a ball. Um, He's uncoachable because he can't do the things I'm asking him to do. I keep showing him. I show him all the time and he can't do it. That's why he's not getting better. It's not a mechanical thing whatsoever. It's this is the way his body physiology is making him swing the bat. He has a unilateral muscle bias that we need to address in the weight room or with a strength and conditioning coach and then come back and work the mechanics after that. Because working the mechanics before you identify the underlying physio issue can actually make the player worse because you're doing something their body physically cannot do and they're compensating for it already. And by trying to make a change, they're going to compensate somewhere else. So now what I'm able to do is get the guys to go in the correct silo, whether that's a seven-year-old that's doing handstands against a wall now to get more scapular stability. They have to be able to do that before they're going to be able to do a scap load swinging the bat. You want to have that kid that always rolls over to the pull side, his head's always pulling off. That's very little to do with their swing. It has more to do with the physiology of their body not being ready to put a correct swing to use the middle of the field yet. So by getting them into the correct silo, that's what I'm doing on Elite Baseball TV right now before you call, is I'm riding these specific workouts to silo people, whether they're 7 or 27, the right direction. So we have assessments that we can do, tests that will quickly identify uh, what the player's deficiencies are, whether they are physio, whether they are mechanically related, and now I can construct a detailed individualized plan that will get them the information that they need to get better right away, whether that is with a strength and conditioning person or whether that's in the mechanics that they need to fix with drill work. Um, interesting that you referenced in there the multi-sport athlete. Um, you know, it's, it's becoming a hot, you know, it's always been a little bit of a topic, but I see it more and more that, you know, uh, we have kids, you know, quitting other sports too early. Um, you know, I, I, I get asked about this all the time. And, and the question, Justin, is this, 
Um, you know what, uh, Jim? It's it's not that we want him to quit. He wants to. This is the only thing he wants to do is play baseball. I'm sure you've had so many of those because, listen, I, I, I say all the time, I mean, you can't make a kid play another sport. If the kid only wants to play baseball, what do you do? Well, if, if that is the case, if they only want to play baseball, then you have to put them in some type of dynamic training program that can replicate the athletic moves that they make on a baseball field. Here's what I mean by that. If they're only training hitting and they're only training pitching, what ends up happening is the risk for injury goes up way higher for that player. And the reason is when we were kids and we're playing tag or you're playing football and you're changing directions and you're, you're moving the body in a lot of dynamic positions and oftentimes positions that the body is not familiar with, you become stronger, more stable, and more athletic. In fact, studies have shown that track runners at the collegiate level have a higher risk of lower extremity injury than football players do. Now think about that for a minute. What would be the reason behind that? What do track runners do on a daily basis? They run around in a circle and turn left. <laughs> yeah. They run around in a circle and turn left. <laughs> football players are constantly changing directions, so their bodies are used to a high-stress environment but are prepared in that high-stress environment to move in a lot of dynamic ways where you have this person that's running in a straight-line form and turning left all the time. You throw a monkey wrench in there whatsoever, their risk for injury goes up exponentially. So if you're only training in baseball – you have to do something that's addressing the dynamic athleticism that you're missing out on. So if you're playing baseball, you need be, better be doing a heck of a lot of tag in your yard to make up for the athleticism that you're losing by not playing basketball, by not playing football, by not doing soccer, because all those things will definitely show up on a baseball field. You know, it is interesting. I've, I've for years, um, you know, I, 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 you know, the term that gets thrown around is secondary sport. Well, this is his secondary sport, and I'm like, geez, he's 11, his secondary sport. But I get it. I know what people are really getting at, and it's funny. I tell them all the time. I'm like, listen, you know, I pay attention to weird things during baseball games. If you ever watch baseball at the highest level, major, they'll always do sometimes bios and things on people or talk about them, or you can see things. A lot of these guys all played football. I mean, I, I know that football is getting a bad rap these days and nobody wants their kids playing football and, and blah, blah, blah because of concussions. But, man, there's a lot of guys in the big leagues that played football. And I always yeah, said there's, a, there's the a, best athletes in the world, right? That's right. It, there's a reason for it. And the, yeah, and that's the other thing, yeah. too, that always kills me, too. It's like, well, he's, a, he's, a, he's an outfielder now. He's not – I'm like, listen, almost every one of these guys, when they were little, and you can describe little, but played shortstop, they pitched, they batted third – they, they played center field. They may have caught. They all played the core positions when they were younger, the majority of them. I mean, I'm sure there's an outlier yep. here or there. Yep. But for, yep. for argument's sake, you know, again, I, it's, it, you know, I tell people this all the time. You have to be realistic sometimes, too. And, and the reality of it is athletes play. And there is something to be said for being a better athlete. So if you're not getting enough athletic training, that is detrimental as well, in my opinion. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about here, I guess. Yeah, I, I, agree, I agree for sure. Like, I, I joke around in our baseball camps because my six-year-old daughter, I told you, is enthralled with baseball. She just follows me around everywhere. And we do dynamic strengthening for like 30 minutes prior to doing any baseball work. And I joke around with these 12-year-old boys that when they fail to get up there and do handstands or do one-legged squats, which we call pistols, 
I'll oftentimes get my six-year-old girl to go out there and demonstrate it. Now, I don't do that because I say, oh, you're gonna, you have to be some super Todd Marinovich athlete one day. I do it because she likes to do it. But the, the point of it is, like, her favorite sports are gymnastics and wrestling. This is what she likes to do. I think baseball is just something she likes to hang around with her dad. But what I see with her in baseball from the very youngest days, so, again, we're talking to your entry-level baseball players, is she's strong enough to do some things mechanically that even the 12-year-old boys can't do because they haven't prepared their bodies that way. So my, my point that I'm making that you're piggybacking on is you want your kids to be really good at baseball at 12? Be better athletes first. Be really athletic. Play multiple sports because it's going to show up on the baseball diamond too. Well, my friend, you've been busy, that's for sure. And I know all of our listeners really appreciate you taking the time to, to join us as we do our Catch Up with Justin episode from time to time. But, um, you know, uh, you're, you're either traveling all over the world teaching the game of baseball, the kids. Um, I mean, I think that's amazing what you do. Um, obviously, you're, you know, you, you've got multiple places throughout the United States, but you're also global now. Um, you know, I guess I, I'll have to leave with one final question. I mean, I, I don't know what it could be, but what's next? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I haven't had time to really look ahead so much to what's next. Um, we, we made a, a really good hire yesterday, a coach from Valparaiso University to take over our travel ball program. I'm excited about some new expansion ideas we have here in Chicago and Northwest Indiana with our program. So that's what I've been working on a lot. Um, but I'm excited to see the Cubs make this this push for the playoffs. We're getting ready to go into the second half. I know that the organization is extremely excited of the, the run that they had right before the All-Star break here. Uh, it was fun to kind of text with the coaches last night while the home run derby is going on. And this is something that I'll leave you with here today. You want to know why professional players and coaches that excel in this game excel? Because they're all kids at heart. I was texting with the Cubs coaches last night during the home run derby when Schwarber was, you know, he put on a great performance. It was outdone by Harper, but we were texting it like fans. You know, we, we were talking swing mechanics at the same time, but we were like little kids, you know, and that, that's something that if I ever lose it, I'm getting out of the game. So I, I think that's why uh, we've been able to be successful at elite baseball training is um, we're passionate about what we do and we love to see other people have that same success and spread the passion. Last thing before you go, I got to put you on the spot. Has it been? I mean, you still have to have some affection for your Cardinals in your heart. How are you dealing with that? <laughs> well, it's, uh, the Cardinals are in a transition period. That's probably a whole other topic, and you know, I got to be careful what I say about other organizations at the same time. But we'll just we'll, we'll leave it with that. The, the Cardinals are in a transitional period right now in their organization with what has happened in, in the last few days. I I know Mike personally is son jake played in my program so i you know obviously i wish him nothing but the best and that's a a tough position to be in unfortunately there's only two ways you go out as a manager in big league baseball you either win a world championship or retire on your own or eventually if you're any type of major league coach or manager you're when you sign up for that position you know you're signing up for one that you're going to be fired at one day just mike um for all the criticism that he's taken as you know is as good of a person at heart as you'll find in baseball yeah, it's a it's a tough thing. I, I I know that all your cardinal jerseys and shirts are put away. It's a it's a sad day for yeah, us cardinal took, fans. Uh, that I, we I lost went to a, I I tried to replicate the the Bush Stadium experience, and I know you had a part of that. So just to take my kids there for one time, because that's what my wife and I did as kids. 
And uh, my wife's like, aren't you going to wear a Cardinal shirt? I'm like, if, if I had gotten a picture taken of me <laughs> in a Cardinal shirt and somebody posts that on social media and I work for the Cubs, I'm going to get fired before I even start. I'm like, no, I'm not wearing a Cardinal shirt. <laughs> so I went to Bush Stadium, wore Cubby blue, but nobody threw anything at me. I was going to say, it's not as bad as everybody says it is. It's, it, 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 at heart, it should be a, a fun rivalry, not an ignorant rivalry. But um, yeah. I'll tell you what, there yeah. is no rivalry when it comes to you and what you do for for – whether it be young kids, uh, uh, young men, men, um, ladies out there that are playing the game uh, of softball or baseball, um, you you impact more lives than you can know. Um, I you know your elite baseball TV has been a part of our show for a long time. I've got lots of listeners that have subscribed. I, I just had one the other day. Um, a guy, actually, it's a kid that I help and. They asked what the number one thing they could do, and I think they thought I was going to say, go buy this or go buy this training aid or go do this. And I said, the number one thing you can do, uh, besides get your kids signed up for some athletic lessons with a friend of mine, is go home and type in EliteBaseball.tv and subscribe. And to be quite honest with you, it's a a tool that if you're not utilizing it as a coach, if you're not utilizing it as a parent, if you're not utilizing it as a player, you're frankly doing yourself a disservice because I promise you, and you spent $99 on way worse things in your life. So um, I want to yeah. thank you for always being a part of the show. Um, well, thank you for, for saying that. Yeah, no, it's, it's I, I say it all the time. And listen, there are some great tools out there. I mean, I, you know, Logan, I know, you know you've known my son for quite some time, and this will make you probably feel old. He just got his license. Um, and <laughs> it's funny, he came to me and said, Dad, can I, you know, I, can I get a few things that I want to keep in the trunk? And I said, well, well like what? And he said, "Well, I need a tee. I need my own tee, and I want a bag of balls because you know it's a little sports car. It's like a, a bucket won't fit in there." And he said, "And you know, and I want to get one of those poles that I use to help me replicate my swing path and blah blah blah." And I said, "Okay." So we did it, and we were doing it out there. And I looked at him and I said, "I want you to remember one thing. I, I'm glad that you've taken an initiative because he wants to go to the cage by himself every day and hit." And I said, "That's great." Mm-hmm. I said, "But never forget the best tool you have is EliteBaseball.tv because obviously he has his own login and everything." And I told him, "I said, yeah, don't just go out here and do stuff willy nilly. You've got to have an understanding of what you're doing, and never forget to utilize that great tool." So, I appreciate okay. you. I appreciate Travis. He's one of my favorite people in, in the world. I, when we go to a, con, a, a, a convention or I see you guys at a clinic or something, and we spend a couple days together, it's a blast. You guys are tops at what you do. I know all my fans thank you as well, and uh, I guess. Man, I hate to say this, but I, I guess I got to jump on right now and say, "Go Cubbies!" <laughs> That's right. It'll be an interesting race as uh, the Brewers and the Cubs in the Central Division. But don't be surprised if Cardinals, you know, make their way back into it. They're they're way better than their record shows on paper, and it's as you know, in Cardinal fandom, they just haven't lived up to their potential yet, but I think the Central Division is going to be a fun race down the stretch. Yeah, the only thing I'm really sad about now is I can promise you that you and I could have had a conversation about Marcelo Zuna and how to get him on track, but now I'm sure we can't have that conversation, so I'll just have to try to figure (laughs) it out on my own. All right, my friend, um, I appreciate you, and again, for all of our listeners out there, um, you know, uh, again, if you are not signed up for EliteBaseball.tv, you're missing the boat. So, Justin... Thank you so much. I know we're actually going to hear from you yeah, here shortly. You. And uh, good luck to you and your Cubs. And you and I, I'm sure, will talk after the season. Yes, absolutely, Jim. Good uh, to talk to you. Take care, guys. All right, that is Justin Stone from Elite Baseball of Chicago. And, of course, you hear his segment each each and every week here, the Elite TV training tip of the week. 
Um, let's just stay right the course with Justin here. As um, again, you just finished uh, listening to him. Let's go ahead and go right into his segment. And again, um, I, you know, I never know if it's it'll be Justin or Travis, and uh, you're going to hear more from some of his great instructors as Justin's duties become busy. But again, um, let's just go right to his segment this week: Elite Baseball TV Training Tip of the Week. Take it away. We're going to talk about a drill that I demonstrated indoors one time, and I tweeted it out yesterday, and it got a lot of traction. And I think it's worth talking about in an open field. I think back to um, working with a very high-level prospect at, uh, at Cubs spring training a couple years ago, a player that is extremely strong, uh, used the upper body quite a bit in the swing and was pulling off the baseball. And what Andy Haynes, the, now the assistant big league hitting coach, did with him, the drill I took away and really, really liked for young kids in posture, is putting the tee at its lowest setting and then working on with just visual feedback from the hitter getting a feel on how to attack from underneath this baseball and watch what the ball does on a field. Sometimes we have to take the tee out of the cage and see what's really happening with the baseball. And that visual feedback can be very important to giving us some kinesthetic feel, what we need to do with our body to create an optimal performance. So what I mean by that is the biggest problem that young kids have when they're attacking low pitches is one, they don't understand how to create the tilt with the torso in order to attack from underneath this ball. They'll do one of two things. One, they'll just bend their knees lower to it and still want to stand up upright and rotate with their head over their shoulders, over their hips, over their feet. The first reason they do that, that's the natural tendency for youth athletes when they turn, is they're not strong enough in their core to allow themselves to stay in this tilt. The bleaks aren't strong enough to hold the body upright. So they get to this position where even when they try to attack from underneath the ball, they immediately stand up and you can see what happens to my bat plane. A really good visual for me to do when I describe this to players is the bat arc is gonna be a reflection of how my torso tilts. So if I'm straight up and down, you can see how my bat plane, my bat arc is level to the ground. However, if I were to hit this ball, that ball is going to be a, a ball that's going straight into the ground. At very best, if the ball was up in the zone, I could get a, a head level line drive. But for this low pitch, I want to attack from underneath it. So to do that, I have to create this plane. And now you can see how I'm attacking from underneath that ball, and my bat is staying in the zone for an extended period of time. I'm letting the bat complete the arc of the swing with the bat staying through the zone for an extended period of time. So if I'm working underneath the ball and I immediately stand upright in my posture, you can see how that bat cuts right off my front hip. So that's where the drill gives you visual feedback. If I'm bouncing the ball to the pull side, then I know I'm not maintaining my posture on this low pitch. Either I'm never getting into a correct tilt, or I'm getting there and immediately coming off. And you can use video to help support that there. But if I can get the ball in the air, we're telling players, I want you to hit a one hop to the fence on a ball in the air here off of the low tee. Then I've got to stay in my lower half, I've got to attack from underneath the ball, and I've got to let the bat complete its arc of the swing. So it's a great drill to do, not just indoors in the wintertime you're in a cage. Take a bucket of balls outside, put the tee at its lowest setting, and use that visual feedback to help you create the proper tilt to attack underneath the ball complete the arc of the swing throughout the entire swing by maintaining posture at the end of the swing. A cue I use here is stay over the ball. What I mean by that is you can see my chin 
staying over the ball in this lower pitch. Because the pitch is further down in the zone, I'm going to have more tilt on this ball. So the idea of I'm staying over the ball throughout the completion of the arc in the swing. I'm going to have that forward lean inside over home plate. So I'll watch you take a couple swings here. I'm going to demonstrate one correctly, getting the ball underneath, and then I'm going to demonstrate one where I lose posture, and you're going to see that ground ball to the pull side, and we'll add a video on, on some of our players doing it as well. Great stuff as always, and again, um, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview today. I, you know, I love doing the stuff with, with him. He does a tremendous job. I think he's tops at what he does. I think there's a lot of great instructors out there, the Justin Stones, the Kevin Wilsons, the Bob Tewksberries, the Peabody's, the, the Silva's, the the Jose Reels, all these guys that are great at what they do, um, I'm sure they all would say as long as they can be mentioned in the same conversations as the guys that are best at what they do, they're happy. And let me tell you, Justin and Travis are in that conversation. So thanks, guys. And again, EliteBaseball.tv. Get it today. It will help. Um, time now to hear from my good friends uh, from the Great White North, uh, PrecisionImpact.ca. Uh, tremendous products. Uh, they take care of you guys on a on a on a cost basis. If you need any type of quantity uh, discounts, if you're starting a gym or a program and you need multiple items and things like that, they're there to help you. They're trying to help the baseball community and influence it through their social media. Make sure you check out PrecisionImpact.ca. Right now, we're going to go to them and hear their weekly segment from Dirk Dombrowski, and of course. Everybody over there does, uh, you know, they love the game of baseball. It's not just a, a selling products thing for them. They're really trying to influence the community and, and do it in a positive way. Let's hear what they have for us this week on the PrecisionImpact.ca Tip of the Week. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Precision Impact, and this is Dirk. And in this segment, we're going to talk about pregame routine for coaches specifically. Now, once again, that is defined by relating to the period of time before an athletic competition. Now, things differ a little bit for coaches as it does for players. And in today's segment, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about what that consists of. Now, getting and being prepared is crucial for a coach. And that consists of a little bit different than it would for a player, where it's more or less staying on task and letting your players know what color your jerseys you're wearing, what color the pants, making you sure you have the right equipment at the game and not forgetting anything, whether it be lineup cards or baseballs or anything like that, being extremely prepared, and also having your players accounted for, knowing which players are showing up that day, which players aren't showing up that day, are you at the right field, if you're at a way field, does everyone have the directions? Now that's you being a very proactive, making sure that all your players have no excuse for being late. Visualizing success, this is something I do early on in the week, Visual, especially if I know the team, visualizing how I want to see the game go down. How quickly do I want to see the first couple innings go? Do I want to see my pitcher go late into the game? And then when you can visualize this, you can start actually conveying that to your athletes and they start to see the picture that you've painted for yourself. Now, your job as a pregame coach is to facilitate and guide your players in a number of different ways. Primarily, you're going to discuss the game plan for that day. You want to discuss the way you want to see things go down, whether you're, how your approach is at the plate, what kind of team is this, all those types of things. You're going to discuss that as a team or maybe individually with each player. Create a relaxed environment. This is crucial because for our players' pregame routine, we talked about how important it is to be relaxed before a game. And as a coach, it's important that you provide an environment that they can be relaxed in so that they can finish and continue their pregame routine. Discuss each player's role. This is something really valuable to me that I do with each and every individual kid on the team. Now, when you have larger teams, it might be a bit more difficult, but when you're dealing with smaller, younger kids, it's important that they know their role, whether they're sitting on the bench or their starting pitcher 
or starting shortstop, it's crucial that every single kid knows their role and what is expected of them that day so that they can start including that into their pregame routine. And if they're not a starting pitcher or if they're in the bullpen, they know they don't have to get absolutely warm for the first inning. They know they have time to relax. Maybe they're going to start watching the hitters from the other team a little bit more closely so that if they come in in relief, they're very prepared because they know what their role is that day. Uh, stay ahead of the timetable. Now, things are going to happen before game. Timetables get moved up. And if you stay ahead, you can get in everything that you need, whether it be an innie Audi, Maybe it's uh, hitting with the team before with slugs. Maybe it's uh, BP, front toss, soft toss, or T work before game starts. It's important to stay ahead of your timetable so that you, again, can create that relaxed environment. No one's rushing, which can leave time for other players to include their unique pregame routines, whether it's playing a game, two ball, flip, whatever like that. If you're ahead of the timetable, there's more time for flexibility. Uh, inspire your athletes. Now, this can be done as a group. But it's important to get them excited for what, what is about to happen, to inspire uh, confidence in them. They're, even a pregame routine doesn't necessarily guarantee uh, uh, confidence. So your job is to make sure that you're painting them a picture of what you're about to see, the kind of, kind of group of kids that you have amongst yourselves, fighting for the guy next to you, working as a team. We did another video on teammate. What does it mean to be a teammate? So it's really important to reiterate some of those facts and get them inspired before a game starts. And finally, Aid in your players' pregame routine, which which is very crucial. It's, you might have a certain routine that you have, but it's important not to alienate other players and not give them enough time to make sure that their pregame routines fulfilled. Again, they're going to have 12, 15, 16 players, and I get it. It can be difficult to aid and make sure everyone has an individual um, pregame routine. But if you can be flexible and help them accomplish their pregame routine, you're going to be you're going to see a completely different team. You're going to see a completely different player. When that game starts, you're going to see someone relaxed, confident, prepared. And so when you give them that time and you review it with them, maybe it's talking about the team you're about to play. Maybe it's giving them a little bit extra time for some extra balls off a tee. Maybe it's allowing them to have an elongated game of, uh, of toss. All these things, if you're flexible and you're helping each individual kid and pairs have uh, a very successful pregame routine, which is a part of your pregame routine as a coach, you're going to see a really, really valuable and successful team play each and every game when you cater to them, not just yourself. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about some of the stuff we talked about, I know there's a lot of stuff to talk about, but these things are really important to me. Leave us a comment down below and let us know. Thanks. Hey guys, thanks for checking out our video. If you're a coach or athlete who wants to improve your game, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and like our Facebook page so that you can stay up to date with the latest coaching tips, training techniques, and baseball information. Also, if you're looking for professional quality baseball training equipment, check out our website at precisionimpact.ca. We sell a variety of training tools such as plow balls, weighted baseballs, resistance bands, heavy hitting baseballs, and much more. Not only do we have the best prices and warranties, but we also have amazing customer service and free shipping for orders over $25. So come check us out at precisionimpact.ca and start making an impact in your baseball career. Great stuff, of course. And again, um, you know, I can't thank them enough. Don't forget right now, currently, uh, you go to precisionimpact.ca. I know those uh, heavy sand balls, those, those weighted balls is what everybody really, I mean, I see them more and more every day. I think they're great tools. You can get those at precisionimpact.ca. All you do is get on there, uh, log in, you know, do all your stuff, find it on the website, precisionimpact.ca um, on the internet. Get in there. When you make your purchase, you're going to get to an area where you can put in a coupon or a code. Put in Youth Baseball Talk. You're going to receive an additional 10%. And, again, I thank them. 
for all allowing our listeners to receive that additional 10%. Make sure you do it today. It's training season. It's off season, folks. Time to get rolling. You better check out precisionimpact.ca. One last time, uh, our friends at the Rope Trainer, theropetrainer.com. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers, so check them out today. My friends Earl Perrin, Chris Verna, John Smoltz, they could not have done a better job of hiring a guy to represent them here at Youth Baseball Talk doing the Rope Trainer Report. Actually, it's the Rope Report. Sorry about that. The Rope Report each and every week, and that is my man Kurt McNabb from Dirtbag Baseball Nation, also from the Great White North. Uh, traveling all over this world, teaching the game of baseball. I love the guy. He's got a great mental attitude. Um, again, means a lot to us and our listeners that guys like Kurt McNabb want to come on here every week and just talk about the game of baseball, talk about how the rope trainer can help you. Let's go to him now and see what he has for us this week. Take it away. Hello and thanks, Jim. Welcome to this week's episode of the Rope Report, Dirtbags. First off, I'd like to congratulate Mr. Harper on winning last night's home run competition. And I'm going to be talking about him and Kyle Schwarber in, the, in a couple of minutes. i got to say, it's definitely a great time of year with the All-Star break, trade deadline fast approaching at the MLB level, along with all of the travel ball tournaments happening everywhere across the country. Speaking of travel tournaments, you all know now that Earl and the gang have been up, or from pitching, uh, Perfect Pitch and Throw, have been up in Lake Point, Georgia, at the Perfect Game Tournament since Memorial Day weekend. They've been having a tremendous time talking arm care and selling the rope trainer to the players coming through the tournaments. Just like the boys last night, they've been knocking it out of the park all spring and summer. Now let's get back to the MLB. We've seen Jim's Cardinals let go of manager Mike Matheny and a couple of assistants over the weekend. And it sounds like we're going to know where Manny Machado ends up in the next 24 to 48 hours. So that should be, get the ball rolling for the next couple of weeks on trades, and it actually looks like it should be a good year for them. I'm excited. This is where I want to get back to Bryce Harper for a couple of reasons, and the second one includes Kyle Schwarber. One, I think Washington has to at least consider throwing Bryce Harper in the mix if they can't get on a roll in the next couple of weeks. I don't know if Mike Rizzo would even consider it because of his strong relationship with Bryce, but in all honesty, he needs to at least consider it if he hasn't already because he's walking away at the end of the year one way or another. So he might as well reap rewards for him while he can. And if you think you might not end up, especially if you think you might not end up in a playoff spot. Last night's display alone allowed the world, including the 29 other GMs, of exactly what he can do and how bad he likes to win. Now two... Let's actually dig a little deeper into the display he put on, as well as Kyle Schwarber. This was the exact display that I've been talking about here on the Rope Report, as a guest speaker, and with all our players that we train in person and online with our mindset programs. Whether you watched it live or not, I encourage you to go back and watch it closely, so that you can understand what I'm about to say. Total self-confidence can only happen once you've learned what self-motivates you and then you become completely self-aware of what's required to do it repeatedly. In the case of Bryce and Kyle, it was hitting a baseball out of the stadium to try and win a home run competition with the entire baseball world watching. And obviously for Bryce, the added stress of doing it in front of your hometown fans. If you watch around, or if, sorry, if you watch round by round, you're going to see them both complete, compete with motivation to beat their opponent as well as the understanding of how they're going to do it. They trusted their swings. 
They took the 30-second break when they felt they needed, and they even came back stronger after it, showing that their focus during it wasn't lost. Their face and body language never once showed a lack of confidence that they couldn't do it. And for Bryce, this was even harder because his dad was throwing, and quite honestly, not that consistent at all. Heck, he even threw a ball behind him in the second round. They both displayed total confidence from start to finish. You need to understand that this is something they didn't just turn on, uh, they don't turn on and off. This type of total confidence has been taught to them and trained into them from a very young age and will be ongoing for both moving forward. It's just the type of players they are. Individually, what stands out about Bryce for me is that he's never changed his swing since he's become a major leaguer and never changed his attitude, even though millions love him and millions hate him. He's true to himself because he's self-motivated and self-aware in order to be completely self-confident. He's a dirtbag through and through. For Schwarber, he displays the same qualities as far as hitting, but it's his feeling that he's worked his tail off because people said he was nothing more than a hitter since he became a major league uh, draft pick. He, too, is and was completely self-motivated to become the best left fielder he could, even though people doubted him. He was self-aware he needed to be in better shape, so he trained and dieted completely different in the offseason, and he has worked countless hours on his fielding to become a competent, self-confident fielder as well as a hitter now. He's gotten so good that he's the top-rated left fielder in the majors at the All-Star break this year. He, too, is a true dirtbag, and I can't speak highly enough about my respect for both of these players. Love them or hate them, you must respect them for who they are and the commitment to always being the best player and teammate they can be. Remember, Dirtbags, that all you have to do is email us at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. That's info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. You can contact us on Facebook or Instagram at Dirtbag Baseball Nation, or you can call us directly at 226-821-2402, and we can get and we can get you started on building your very own dirtbag mindset or have us come and be a guest speaker at one of your events. You won't be sorry you did. Thanks, as always, for your updates, emails, stories, and inquiries. And until next week, it's time to get up, get after it, and get dirty. Great stuff, as always, from Kurt McNabb from Dirtbag Baseball Nation as he represents our friends at theropetrainer.com. That is your rope report for this week. And again, um, you know, you listen to this show, and I think about you know, every week having something from Elite Baseball, something from Kurt McNabb, something from Dirk. I, I, very lucky to have these guys involved in the show on a weekly basis. And then hearing from a guy like uh, like Justin Stone and getting caught up with him. Again, folks, these are some of the people that, that care enough to want to make a difference in, in these kids' lives and, and try to do it the right way. And that's really, at the end of the day, all we can do is try to try to do it for the right reasons and do it the right way. Again, I appreciate their contributions to the show. I want to remind everybody that you can learn more about us at youthbaseballtalk.com. The things you can do there is, A, you can subscribe to the show, which is absolutely free. Um, you can do your shopping at Amazon and help us out a lot. If, I mean, you're, you know, if you're in the game of baseball, you're buying stuff. If you can get it through Amazon, great. Uh, if you go to our website and just click the Amazon banner, you would get a uh, you would get sent over there. We get a very small referral. Helps us with Andrew Allen and Brian Crock, our producers, who do a wonderful job behind the scenes. The other thing you can do at the website, which I do appreciate greatly, is people are going back and listening to the first episodes we ever did, on, you know, four years ago. 
Um, we've got a ton of content in the library. You can go all the way back to the first episode. You can binge listen. You can pick and choose episodes based on the title or who the guest is. Maybe they apply to something you're dealing with. Either way, we enjoy the fact that you're enjoying listening to, to the episodes as long as they have relevance and, and pertain to what you need. So thank you so much for doing that. Find us on social media. We are at Podcast Baseball on Twitter. If you're a baseball person and we can tell and you follow us, we're going to follow you back because we want to know what your thoughts are. Find us on Facebook as well. Simply type in Youth Baseball Talk. Click follow or like. Um, we'd like you to follow our page. We'd also like you to click invite your friends and anybody you have involved in this wonderful game, if you would invite them to like our page, we'd greatly appreciate it. You can also find us on Instagram, Youth Baseball Talk. We are part of the lineup media fm network we're happy to be a part of it it's a, a great podcast network that's growing every day they are now home though to yo radio uh, you can go to the app store and download yo radio it's compl- it's absolutely free um, once you've had a chance to listen to it and you can enjoy it you can leave them a review there's a lot of great people here working on a great new product called yo radio and they would appreciate to hear your thoughts and comments uh, great things happening for yo radio it's not just going to be another internet radio station Uh, The influencers, celebrities, uh, DJs, artists, uh, sports figures, anybody that has a radio station on your radio is going to have the ability to really communicate with you guys in a more open fashion. Uh, They're going to be able to do it uh, at any time uh, and utilize it to communicate with their fans out there and really just... Have fun with it. And at the end of the day, that's what Yo Radio is going to be all about. It's just a fun internet radio station that you're going to enjoy. Again, I, I highly suggest it. Go to the App Store. Yo Radio, download it. It's free. Enjoy it. Again, can't thank all my uh, my, my my friends that have supported me on this show from the beginning enough uh, for their continued support. I get stuff on the show still every day. People that listen, the comments, everything means a lot to me. Um, again, we're just trying to make a difference one show at a time. And as I always say, uh, if you can't talk about something, even if it's hard to talk about, how are you going to fix it? So thanks to everybody that uh, takes the time, that enjoys the show, and is trying to help uh, – whether it be boys or girls, enjoy the game of baseball, softball, any sport, really. Uh, what we talk about here, it applies to every sport. Get out there, get them outside, get them playing, let them have some fun. For Youth Baseball Talk, I'm your host, Jim Cromer. I'll see you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.